0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep
1: breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always. And we're back. We were not here last week. Uh, The uh, Yankees-Red Sox game in London forced us out of our regular 11 a.m. time slot and we had hoped to go on the air last Sunday about 1 o'clock and that didn't happen either because it's Yankees-Red Sox so it has to take four hours, five hours to play a baseball game. I was here. I showed up, came in to do the show, uh, just after noon and I rolled in and it was um I was like middle of the sixth inning and I'm like, yeah, we're not going on at one o'clock. Cause it was the Yankees, bats and the Red Sox pitching, and you know, the Yankees just kept piling up runs and the game kept dragging on. And by you know, one o'clock it was I don't know, only into the seventh inning. And then by, you know, I don't know. By one o'clock, I was just ready to get the heck out of here because I knew we weren't getting on. And Plus your producer wasn't here. Yeah, I did. We had uh, Nick was in here uh, filling in for you, um, but just I didn't want to go over into the the race coverage either from Chicago, which the race wound up being rain delayed anyway. But it's just a eh, oh well, gave me a chance to just sit here and kind of collect my thoughts for an hour and actually watch. Couple innings of a baseball game, which I never do, and found out that a guy in the Yankees wears number zero. I didn't know that was a thing either, but I guess if Aaron Judge could wear ninety nine, uh, the Yankees have a pitcher that wears number zero. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just I don't know. Just it seemed like a very un-Yankee thing to see a player wearing number zero. But I guess when you have half the numbers in his in in, in, uh, in uh, half of the single or double digit numbers ever created uh, retired, you you kind of need to go out to that. Uh, those outer territories (laughs) of the number range for jersey numbers. So didn't have a show last week. The race at Chicago got rain delayed and wound up being a night race at Chicago last Sunday with uh, Alex Bowman getting his first career win. And we move on to this weekend at Daytona, and we had another rain delay. And instead of the final uh, 4th of July weekend race at Daytona being the Saturday night race like it's been for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it'll be a Sunday afternoon race because today's, uh, yesterday's Monster Energy Cup Series race was delayed by rain. It is going to be this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Green flag is going to fly at one o four p.m. So that's what we're talking about here in our opening segment of the program. And phone lines are open for you at 803 551 888 550 Also on today's program, uh, next weekend IndyCar will be very close to our neck of the woods. they will be up in Toronto for the uh, annual Honda Indy Toronto up at Exhibition Place. A staple of the IndyCar uh, IndyCar schedule going back to uh, the 1980s when it was the Molson Indy Toronto and the uh, the uh, the Halcyon days of the kart series in the 1980s with all the star, star power, and then uh, it got worked into the IndyCar schedule post-reunification, where it has now become the Honda Indy Toronto and is run by the uh, Andretti Group, and the race is next weekend, and we're going to talk to uh, Jeff Atkinson, who is the president of Honda Indy Toronto. And uh, we'll get the rundown on what's going on. Not only do they have the IndyCar Series, they've got the NASCAR Pinty Series next weekend up there at Exhibition Place. Plus a bunch of other support divisions throughout the weekend. So uh, that is going to be, uh, it's always a great time up there at Exhibition Place. And uh, we'll talk to Jeff in the middle segment of today's program. Plus just a lot of fun, exciting stuff coming up this week for the local racing scene. Uh, This weekend was kind of 50-50 split. Uh, We had a couple midweek shows get in, 4th of July Uh, rains kind of hampered the program at Genesee. Friday was hot but dry, so all the Friday night tracks got their shows in. Yesterday was kind of a washout because of the heavy rains earlier in the day. But uh, this week, some big shows coming up uh, starting Thursday night over at Lancaster. Second stock car race of the year at Lancaster on Thursday night. Friday night, you've got all your weekly tracks in action. Same for Saturday, plus a special race. uh, Speaking of racing in Canada next weekend, uh, the Jucasa Motor Speedway is going to host the uh, doubleheader with the Race of Champions Modifieds and the International Super Modified Association uh, next Saturday as well, too. $10,000 to win Canadian uh, on the line for the Race of Champions Modifieds next Saturday over the Duquesne Motor Speedway. So an exciting week uh, for me, to say the least. Uh, on top of that, we've got a, the National Cross League Expansion Draft on Tuesday. So that'll be uh, the start of my week, I guess. And then we've got uh, racing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. So looking for a great week of racing coming up here as we are now into the uh, throngs of summer and local racing here in Western New York and Southern Ontario. But again, phone lines are open here, 803 551 888-550-2550, and rain has been the theme of the weekend down at Daytona, including for today's uh, Coke Zero Sugar 400. Uh, cup qualifying was rained out. They had rain all day Friday down there at Daytona, which uh, washed out uh, pretty much uh, a lot of the um, qualifying and um, practices sessions. I'm getting something in my headphones, Mike. Sorry. Um And with qualifying rained out, the cup field was set by owner points. That means Joey Logano is on the pole for today's race. He'll share it with Kyle Busch, uh, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick in row two. Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, your top 10 starters for today's race at Daytona. And the uh, field set by owner points... And this is the uh, the second race of the uh, post-restrictor plate era in NASCAR no longer. Do we have the restrictor plates? It's just super speedway racing uh, because of the um, the um, tapered spacers now on the engines versus the restrictor plates. I think it went away, Mike. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a, what we saw was a pretty good race at Talladega with uh, the first time out with this package. Remember, the Daytona 500 was run with the tr- traditional uh, restrictor plate. But uh, the race at Talladega, I really like, so uh, looking forward to what today's race is going to be, and uh, it, although it should be a su- slightly different from Talladega, f- just for the main reason, the obvious reason, it's going to be hot down there in Florida, uh, you know, southern, southern Florida in mid-July, and uh, it's going to be hot, and it's going to be a slick track, and guys are going to be sliding around, so... The opportunity for the uh, big one to occur uh, today, this afternoon at Daytona, will be uh, there'll be lots of opportunities for that on top of the Arrow package, but just the uh, uh, hot and slick track, uh, it's just going to force a lot of guys. Uh, to be on their toes today uh, with today's race uh, at Daytona for the Cup Series. The Xfinity Series, uh, going back to the fr- uh, Friday rains there at Daytona, the Xfinity Series race got pushed back all the way to, they didn't start till 10 o'clock on Friday night. <laughs> Actually, I got to listen to a good chunk of the race on my way home from Ransomville on Friday. But uh, that race didn't end till after midnight, because on top of the rain delay, they also had a red flag late in the race after a, a handful of cars were involved in an incident, and they got all stuck in the gr- grass because uh, the uh, the infield grass was soaked from all the rain they had, and uh, so I caught the end of it on uh, NBC Sports. And Ross Chase Ross Chastain picked up the win there in the Xfinity Series. And we talked about Ross last time we were on the air a couple of weeks ago with his trials and tribulations in the Truck Series, where he got his uh, he elected to go for the Truck Series championship, got a win, uh, was disqualified from that win, and then went out and won again the following week, and that win counted. And as he's trying to qualify for the Truck playoffs. And then he goes and wins the Xfinity Series race for collie Racing, which again, another smaller team like he runs in the, the Truck Series with Nice Motorsports. But Collegue Racing had never won an Xfinity Series race before. They wind up finishing uh, one and two with Ross Chastain and Justin Haley taking the top two spots. They actually finished one, two, and three. They had uh, a third car entered for the race with A.J. Allmendinger uh, out of the TV booth and back behind the wheel. But Allmendinger crossed the finish line third, but his car was actually disqualified in post-race tech inspection, which harkens back to Chastain's first truck series win. So, uh... Almondinger was disqualified, and so it was just a one-two finish for College Racing. But uh, Ross Chastain has become the feel-good story, I guess, of the 2019 NASCAR season. With uh, looking at all three National Touring Series, with what Chastain has gone through, and we kind of uh, you know went through that a couple of weeks ago. How he had a full-time Xfinity Series ride lined up until the sponsor that was paying the bills for that ride got busted by the FBI, and the name of that company was DC Solar. I think I said the wrong name. Uh, We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but D.C. Solar was the company that got busted by the FBI. They went out of business. The money went away. So Chip Ganassi folded the Xfinity Series team, and then he had to scramble to put together rides in all three national series, and is now going for the Truck Series championship, but picked up the Xfinity win. And uh, one of the fun things about Chastain, and and you definitely saw this uh, on the broadcast uh, late early Saturday morning if you were watching um, the fact that Chastain comes from a family of watermelon farmers down there in Florida so all of his wins now he smashes a watermelon and in fact he took the watermelon after he, he got out of the car and did the live tv interview on the front stretch and went and smashed the watermelon uh, right on the start finish line at Daytona so uh, I think that's a, a, another neat thing about Chastain and he's uh quite quite the story here in the first half of the NASCAR season just kind of a feel good story a guy that had the rug kind of pulled out from underneath him right before the season began making the most out of a bad thing and just showing that he is a talented driver and you know really deserved that ride in the Xfinity series full time and he's making the most of it and uh you know someday could be uh in a higher level uh full time cup series he does run in the cup series um, but just with uh, one of those, you know, lower level teams that are, you know, just kind of running at the back of the pack, I can't even think of the name, he, you know, runs for in the Cup Series. I think it's like Premier Motorsports or something, um, you know. But someday he could land with a higher level team and actually be in contention for wins in the Cup Series because um, he's showing a lot of talent with what he's doing in the Truck and the Xfinity Series here this year, now winning in both series. Uh, with kind of mid-level uh, equipment, uh, especially with the Xfinity series, and just how uh, stark the contrast is from the cars at the front of the field to the cars at the back half of the field, uh, actually in both series, really, um, but showing he he can you know beat a lot of those uh, Cup teams that run in the in in those uh, lower series or the higher-level teams. So Chastain has been kind of uh, a great story, and great to see him uh, win the Xfinity series race there. Early Saturday morning or late Friday night, however you want to look at it, uh, in a uh, rain-delayed race there for uh, the Xfinity Series at Daytona, and again more rain this weekend pushing today's Cup race uh, to or pushing the Cup race to today uh, for the Cup Series. Uh, Other news, kind of out of Daytona this week, um, Brad Keselowski, kind of a jerk, uh, (laughs) I guess, is another takeaway from this weekend. I've kind of always was always a a Brad Keselowski defender. Uh, You know when he had the Thing with with Carl Edwards, their rivalry. Uh, I was on Brad's side of it, you know, him getting uh, dumped at Talladega and put into the into the grand. (laughs) Literally, the car put up into the catch fence. Uh, You know, that little rivalry those guys had. um, You know, I was I I was I took Brad's side in that one. You know, I thought it was great when he won his championship in 2012 and and, um, him celebrating, drinking Miller Lite out of a glass boot and all that stuff. Uh, I'd always kind of liked. Brad and I still think he's a great driver. That's but I'm starting to get annoyed by the stuff he says or the stuff he does outside of the race car. Um this week at Daytona in practice, he uh, spun William Byron out during a practice session because Brad had gotten upset that Byron had blocked him during practice and then proceeded to drive into his left-rear corner and spin out Byron, forcing the 24 team to go to a backup car for today. Um but on top of that, this weekend he also, you know, uh, he is one of the drivers that embraces Twitter. Um, you know, his tweets from inside the car during the uh, the jet dryer red flag at Daytona. I don't know what is that now. About a decade ago, um, kind of had NASCAR blow up on on the Twitter scene with him tweeting from inside the car during the red flag. He is one of the people that kind of brought Twitter to the to the NAS to the uh, the. Uh, Twitter to the attention of the NASCAR world uh, during those early days, maybe 10 or so years ago. And uh, all that stuff was great. And again, not taking away from Brad as a driver, but sometimes Brad just needs to, I don't know, put the phone down or or keep his mouth shut because it's starting to wear on me a little bit personally. And uh, on top of um, you know spinning William Byron out in practice, I mean, I get it. You get sick of blocked, uh, being blocked during racing conditions. That's fine if you want to Uh, You know, get him during the race. That's one thing. But to do it during practice, I don't think makes much sense. And then um, there was a thing out there in social media. uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, the NFL player, uh, was doing some PSA where he would sit in a hot car uh, to kind of illustrate what... uh, an animal would go through if you left your pet in a hot car, which, you know, obviously gets a lot of attention whenever it happens. And, uh, I guess after eight minutes, he couldn't take it and had to get out of the car. And, uh, some, some, I think some NASCAR Reddit stream had picked up on it and we're kind of poking fun at it. And, um, Brad, you know, had to tweet about it too making a joke that he couldn't that Matthew couldn't stay in the car for eight minutes like oh you know a big NFL player can't sit in a hot car for eight minutes we do it for you know three hours in a fire suit um which I get but it was just the, the wrong way to the wrong time to comment on it um you know the guy was trying to do a PSA about keeping uh you know not keeping your pets in a hot car you know it wasn't you know he wasn't trying to um, be like a NASCAR driver. You know, it just it was a wrong time to pull that comparison, like our sport is better or we're, we're better athletes or we're real athletes or, you know, whatever, which is like our trying to make your sport seem relevant by comparing something that an NFL player was doing that has nothing to do with the sport he plays, and it was really just trying to prove a point, and it was d- doing something good. It was a PSA, you know? And uh, Matthew quickly, Tyron Matthew quickly fired back, uh, almost challenging Brad to a fight. Uh, He later deleted the tweet um, that used an expletive in there and everything. But uh, this this stuff from Brad seems to happen more and more um, where he just kind of shoots off on a topic that he has no point in commenting on and uh, just getting a little tired of the act. And, uh, you know, he's always been kind of a, a, a disturber, whether in so, on social media or on the track. He has had his fair share of altercations with Carl Edwards and with Kevin Harvick and other drivers throughout the years. But I'd always been kind of a, a Brad defender. But I think after this weekend, I'm, you know, no longer on the uh, defend Brad, uh, Brad Keselowski bandwagon because um, it's just, uh, you know, he's going to get, Popped in the mouth someday, and he might deserve it when it when it does happen. Um, but I still think, you know, he's a very talented driver, still one of the best drivers in the sports, former champion. And, you know, I don't – I think it's lame when people poke fun at him for his appearance. You know, a lot of people do that with him and Joey Logano, and I think that's immature to do that. But, um, the you know – but the content of your character is another another thing and uh, just a uh, little bit tired of Brad Keselowski's act. So that was, I guess, my one takeaway from this weekend in the NASCAR world uh, is just Brad Keselowski needs to uh, take a timeout or something from uh, Twitter. 803 550 888 550 The other kind of other news story coming out of Daytona this weekend um, is uh, Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR, held a media roundtable. Uh, about the sport kind of a little bit of a state of the sport I guess meeting with the media Um, partially I think to maybe kind of clarify some comments he had made earlier in the week in another interview where he was talking about the 2021 schedule excuse me um and uh you know there's a we've talked about a lot here in the program we talked about it with uh, uh, Michael Printup from Watkins Glen, uh, what the 2021 schedule is going to look like. We've already seen some changes for next year with, uh, you know, Pocono having both their cup dates in one weekend, the two-week Olympic break for NBC, you know, Watkins Glen's race being two uh, weekends later next year in 2020. And that's the final year of the uh, five-year sanctioning agreements all the tracks have with NASCAR. 2021 will be a fresh slate. Where it'll be all new deals, you know, with dates and how many races each track get and how long races are going to be. So there's been a lot of speculation as that the 2021 schedule for Cup is going to be possibly dramatically different, where, you know, could. You know, tracks have let you know. Could Pocono go down to one weekend? Could Michigan go down to one weekend? Will Indianapolis be on the schedule in 21? What tracks are they going to add? Are we going to have more short tracks and more road courses? The the talk of the, the the fairground short track in Nashville has been a hot topic of discussion with 2021. And Phelps had kind of done this interview earlier in the week, really trying to uh, tamper down some of those expectations of um of those. Um, changes. He, he, you know, the, his the direct quote was, uh, don't expect massive wholesale changes to the schedule in 2021, which led a few people to be disappointed. So I think one of the things, one of the reasons why Steve kind of held this uh, media roundtable at Daytona on Friday was to kind of backtrack that comment a little bit. And uh, he said he didn't fully get the, the point out he wanted to when he talked about it in the the, the radio interview he did earlier in the week. And that uh, you know, there are definitely going to be some changes, um, and it's maybe not as conservative of changes as he may have portrayed them earlier in the week. But uh, that there's still a of, lot of possibilities out there when it comes to the 2021 schedule with shorter races. Probably won't be fewer races. That's one thing he did say that it likely will still be a, a 36 or 30. You know, with the number of weekends, number of races will likely be similar. Uh, in 2021, which was one of the things people had kind of called for was with this, this would be the opportunity for, for NASCAR to shorten their season schedule. That's not going to, uh, be it. He clearly said there's not going to be a reduction in number of races, but, uh, there will be some shorter races. Didn't say, you know, which tracks may or may not lose a race, but, uh, their, their change will be coming in 2021 of some sort. How much is yet to be seen, but, it um, you know, Phelps still wanted to clarify that, um, There will be some uh, significant changes to the schedule in a couple of years. Uh, He also talked about the arrow package, which of course has been a a hot topic of discussion this year, with you know drivers bemoaning uh, the lack of um, how much it's how hard it is for them to drive with this package because it's pretty with the. lower horsepower and the, the downforce on these cars that basically they're going wide open every lap, which kind of takes some of the skill out of driving these cars. And it's more like racing go-karts because you can hold it wide open all the way around the track. Whereas if you have to get in and, in and out of the throttle and tire control and everything, it's more of a challenge for them, more exciting for them. Um, passing has seemed to have increased, but also uh, making those passes opens you up to, um, you know, you know, Losing position. If you try one pass one car, you might wind up losing more positions in the end because of the the wake uh, of of the cars in front of you and behind you, and uh, everything that that comes with this aero package. So uh, while the number of drivers have not been fans of this, most notably guys like Kyle Busch and Clint Boyer, and some vocal apparently vocal minority, according to NASCAR, uh, of people on Twitter that you know more fans are enjoying what they're seeing on the racetrack this year. And uh, they're kind of happy with what they're seeing from an entertainment standpoint, uh, at least in, in NASCAR's view that it at least looks more entertaining uh, of a racing product versus what we've seen in, a, in a, 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 the last few years. And I, I can see that point. I, we've uh, talked about it, especially with the mile and a half tracks where this aero package definitely seems to help, especially when there's a lot of restarts in a race. But it also is kind of hurt the product at other race tracks that are not mile and a half tracks. Um, you know, like at a Pocono or a Michigan or some of the short tracks even, that uh, it makes it harder to pass on those tracks while it has maybe slightly improved the racing on the mile and a half. It's something they'll continue to work on. And again, that also leads into 2021 and the supposed Gen 7 car that'll be coming out, the next iteration of the Cup car in 2021, that'll be coming out. And I thought one of the interesting comments he made about the potential Gen 7 car is, um, that there would be changes, possibly depending on the racetrack. Um, he didn't call them aero packages per se. He didn't want to call them that, but they can do different things to the car depending on what type of track they're on to, uh, you know, possibly uh, make the racing better. Where the aero package at a mile and a half track would be different than a, a, the car would have a short track package and a road racing, pa- a road course package. Um, to kind of set the car up differently to improve the style of racing, which I find funny because I think I remember when we went like to the car of tomorrow 10, 15 years ago, the whole reason they did that was to get away from teams having to build a super speedway car and a road course car and a short track car. The whole point of the, the car of tomorrow or the Gen 5 car was to get away from doing that. And now here we are two generations later uh, looking at a possibility of m- maybe they won't have to build separate cars for a, a road course and a super speedway and a short track. Maybe they don't have to build separate cars, but still there will be differences between the the cars they run at different types of racetracks. So I thought we, we have come full circle on that because uh, that was one of the selling points of the COT, if I remember correctly, is that, oh, you can take this car to Daytona or Watkins Glen or Martinsville and it's the same car and not have to make all these changes. Whereas the old uh, Gen 4 Twisted Sister car, you know, teams were specifically building cars with uh, body styles and shapes uh, to improve their handling or aerodynamics, depending on what track they were going to. So it's just funny how we've come all the way back here on that topic. So, again, it's just some thoughts from this weekend. Since we don't have a, a cup race to review, instead to preview, just wanted to, to bring up a couple of thoughts on my mind here this morning. 803 551 550 When we come back, uh, Jeff Atkinson from the Honda Indy Toronto will join us, preview that event next weekend up at Exhibition Place. Uh, Women's World Cup, uh, scoreless, nil-nil on the pitch there in France between USA and the Netherlands in the Women's World Cup final. They are 25 and a half minutes into uh, regulation there. If anything happens, we'll we'll keep you updated. But uh, no score in the Women's World Cup final. And uh, we'll be back with more Fast Track here on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver of the number 22, Shelpenzo Ford, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. And your defending Cup champion on the pole today at Daytona for the rain-delayed Coke Zero sugar-free what what is it Coke Zero Coke Zero sugar four hundred today at Daytona he's on the pole because qualifying got rained out and of course the twenty-two leading the owner points so he will lead the field to green and pretty good favorite to pick for today's race always said Joey Logano one of the best restrictor plates. Uh, In uh, NASCAR, uh, currently, he he and his Penske Racing teammate, Brett Kozlowski, that we talked about in the opening segment a little bit, uh, quite good at it, but so are the Joe Gibbs cars. that will also be all starting up front. And, uh, of course, Eric Jones won this race last year for his first Cup Series win. Uh, And don't count out the Hendrick cars. Look at the resurgence of Hendrick Motorsports. Alex Bowman getting the win last weekend in Chicago, his first Cup win. The Hendrick cars have been running up front more consistently. Uh, of course, Chase Elliott's already got a win this year, so it could be uh, a quite the all-manufacturer real rumble today. You could have Ford, Chevy, Toyota all really battling for the win this afternoon uh, at Daytona. So looking forward to today's race, which will go uh, one oh four is the green flag time. It got moved up already this morning by uh, NASCAR. They want to get this one in uh, with the... Uh, Rain in the area with Daytona, of course, which is maybe a good thing. This r- race is moving to the end of the regular season next year. The second uh, race weekend at Daytona no longer Fourth of July weekend, but instead it'll be uh, you know right around uh, the end of uh, what, like second week of September, where um, wherever it falls. Uh, I can't think. of I know the dates published, but I just don't have it in front of me. Um, you know, hopefully. The prevalence of thunderstorms won't be as much, although you're also getting a hurricane season that time of the year in Florida. So who knows what we'll get next year when this race moves to the end of the regular season. But again, that coming up at 1.04 this afternoon. NHRA also in action this weekend. They're over at Epping, New Hampshire for the New England Nationals. Uh, you can catch the uh, tape-delayed broadcast on FS1 at 1 o'clock this afternoon. So you've got your uh, channel-flipping options, I guess, today. And uh, looking at uh, the two uh, major categories, uh, Clay Milliken, your number one qualifier in Top Fuel. J.R. Todd, number one qualifier in Funny Car Today, his third number one uh, spot of the season for the defending world champion. Uh, Pro Stock is off this week. Pro Mod is also off this week, so we can't talk about Mike Janis. Uh, Looking through some of the sportsman categories go, it looks like Dan Fletcher is still in contention in two classes this weekend, uh, both in Stock Eliminator and Top Dragster. The Churchville driver, uh, according to NHRA.com at least, is still alive in both classes as uh, he searches for, excuse me, I think it's, excuse me, his uh, first uh, national event win uh, of 2019, first or second. I can't remember now if he's won one already this year. And then IndyCar, of course, off this weekend, but we'll be talking about them in just a second. But uh, their last race was at uh, Road America back uh, the end of June. And uh, Joseph Newgarden, current series points leader, up, seven points on Alexander Rossi, who picked up his second win of the year at Road America in the most recent race, 402 to 395. Uh, Indy 500 winner Simon Pagino is third into the standings with 341. With Scott Dixon at Will Power rounding out the top five in the IndyCar schedule, and that schedule heads to Toronto next weekend, and that's why we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in the president of the Honda Indy Toronto, Jeff Atkinson, joins us on the line. Jeff, it is Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning.
0: Dave, Good morning.
1: Uh, we are a week o- or just days away, really, from the start of your event up there at Exhibition Place. I- I'm sure you've got a million things to do, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us.
0: No, absolutely. Thanks thanks for having us on. I, I can't believe, you know, the-, the race weekend is almost here. It's-, it's upcoming, obviously, this upcoming weekend, July 12th to 14th, and an entire year of planning has gone into it. So it's really exciting to see it all get pulled together.
1: And really, this event, I mean, this is Honda Indy Toronto going back to the old Molson Indy days. This is just a, a staple of uh, open-wheel racing back to the, the Halcyon days of the kart series. Uh, just Toronto is so much a part of, of the Car circuit, and uh, it, it's back once again, and it's just been a great event going for uh, over 30 years now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely one of the crown jewels of the series. You know, Toronto's up there with uh, St. Petersburg, Long Beach. Uh, obviously, Minneapolis 500 is the, the mecca of it all, but mm-hmm. it's been there for 30-plus years and, you know, the Honda Indy for 11. So, you know, ultimately, it's an exciting weekend where the, the city of Toronto and those coming in from out of town really support the event. I think another exciting thing is that you're going off the point standing. It's really great to see two Americans at the top of the leaderboard with uh, Joseph Newgard and Alexander Rossi. So there's a lot to cheer for uh, July fourteenth.
1: Yeah, I mean these guys those two guys specifically are having a great season. I mean they between them five wins so far. You know pagano has got a couple too, but Newgarden and Rossi have been kinda of going back and forth this year. A fun maybe brewing rivalry between these two guys. Two of the biggest teams in the sport with Penske and and Andretti Auto Sport going head to head. Uh it, it's and these guys both thrive in street courses like they're gonna run uh, next weekend up there in Toronto.
0: Yeah anything can happen on the streets of Toronto. It's a very unique uh circuit. Uh, I'm sure the drivers will tell you it's very challenging as well. There's a lot of different services. Uh, it is a quick racetrack. Uh, the thing that really excites me over uh, the competition side of things, but you have two top engine manufacturers of Honda and Chevrolet competing against one another. Mm-hmm. You know, and Anyone can win once that green flag drops, so it's always interesting to see who pulls in for the checkered flag uh, July 14th.
1: Yeah, that, you're right. That is true. The Penske's run the Chevy engines while and- Andretti Autosport runs the Honda, so that's just another part of this rivalry between those two Top drivers, but of course, uh, Jeff, we can't talk about racing in Canada without mentioning the mayor of Hingetown, the hometown boy himself, James Hinchcliffe, ninth in the standings. And uh, obviously you gotta while you try and be objective, you you would really love to see uh Hinch pull into Victory Lane next weekend there in exhibition place.
0: Yeah, we would. You know, James is a great spokesperson for the sport. Uh, throughout North America. He's a great ambassador to the, the sport in Canada. Uh, we cheer for him every weekend. He's had a couple real good uh, Honda Indy Toronto's back-to-back. Uh, not to put any pressure on him, but <laughs> that is some consistency he's he's been able to put forth, and hopefully uh, he can move up and potentially get on the, the podium in, in 2019.
1: And, you know, that that team, the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports, you know, they missed the Indy 500 last year, but they've gotten more investment from Arrow this year. So that, that team, uh, you know, and, and what they went through last year, at Robert Wickens, I mean, they had a lot of setbacks last year, but they've really bounced back this year with uh, not only Hinch, but uh, bringing in Marcus Harris. And that, that team is going to continue to move its way up in the sport.
0: Absolutely, you know, Errol Schmidt Peterson is a very resilient team. Uh, they're a team that's very inspirational in terms of what they are able to do and you know, kind of where they've come from and where they are here today. And I know each weekend they they set forth. They they are going to be competitive uh, from top to bottom. Their their cars definitely can be on the podium any given weekend.
1: Well, Jeff, not only do you have the uh, the Indy Car Series up there at Exhibition Place next weekend, a jam packed weekend of racing. Uh, just tell us about some of the, of the other series that are going to be on hand next weekend.
0: Yeah, we're very excited to have the uh, Stadium Super Trucks return to Toronto this year. Um, we're lucky to have them, and uh, it's been a couple years, but they are absolutely a fan favorite. And have you, if you have not seen what the Stadium Super Trucks are, I encourage you to go to YouTube, look at a clip. Uh, they're very exciting. They're cars, actually trucks, and it's kind of like Monster Jam meets race cars. <laughs> they go over ramps. They they really put on a good show for the crowd. And uh, it's a real fun thing to see if you've never seen it before. So go on YouTube if, if you have never seen it, and hopefully that will draw you to Toronto. It's obviously not that far of a drive from, from Buffalo, and yeah. you can hop on the GO train if you don't want to make it all the way down, and really drops you off at the event site. But uh, no, we also have the uh, Porsche GT3 Cup, which is a sports car series. Uh, on the Saturday, we have the NASCAR Pinty series, which is a top tier uh, Canadian NASCAR series, and then we have the Road to Indy. So really, you have stock car, you have sports car, you have the trucks, and then you have open wheel ladder, and you know that's something to see and do for everyone. And that's not even getting to what's away from the racetrack, off track, which is really exciting.
1: Yeah, uh, the uh, the stadium super trucks. Robbie Gordon is involved in that series. And really, if you uh, if you're of a certain age and you remember the old Mickey Thompson Off Road Series at ESPN, think that, but on pavement on a street course. They still do the jumps. It, the trucks look very similar. But uh, I saw those at Watkins Glen the last time Indy Car was there. They put on a really good show. And then with the Pinty Series, you've got guys like Alex Tag. Liani, uh DJ Kennington, uh, a lot of talented uh, racers from Canada that they put on a, a great race wherever they go. Uh, with the Pinty Series and uh, you, th- while they run a lot of the short tracks around Canada, uh, it is a, a, a treat to see them on the on the street course their uh, ex- exhibition place. Uh, Jeff Atkinson, the president of the Honda Indy Toronto, joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Jeff, you mentioned a little bit about transportation, and, and obviously parking is uh, quite unique in Toronto, as any tourist from this area would say. But what do you recommend for the fans, uh, especially coming up from Buffalo, uh, for parking or, or their their best way to get? To the race?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of options. And, and, you know, myself personally, I've made the trip over to watch a lot of hockey games uh, myself, so I know, I know what it can be to make that, that drive, and it can be a fun drive. So, you know, there's, there's two options. One, we do a parking around the event site. Uh, there's plenty of parking downtown near our venue. I know that's uh, uh, not necessarily unique to Exhibition Place, but this specific venue, there is a lot of parking nearby. But one of the best things that I do recommend anyone from whether it be Ontario or the U.S. that come in, especially if they're driving, you can always take what we call the, the go train. And the go train uh, has stops throughout the uh, highway or freeway leading up to the, uh, the race. And you can park the car there, hop on the go train for a few dollars and get dropped right off at our doorstep. So it is just a very convenient way to get parking and get in and out and avoiding all the traffic uh, that obviously are the fans coming to the event site. So uh, it's just a, a great way to get to the race.
1: Uh, Jeff, the the Toronto sports landscape obviously very crowded. You've got the you know the holy grail of the Leafs and, and their success. You've got the Raptors now though winning a championship. The whole Kawhi Leonard <laughs> situation we won't go into, but Argos and Blue Jays and Marlies and. Ugh, the Toronto Rock. Um, <laughs> as a Bandits fan, uh, you know, not happy to uh, see them play uh, beat the, beat my Bandits. But um, you know, it's such a crowded sports scene in, in Toronto. But where does this event rank? It does have the tradition of 33 years. Um, but how hard of it is to grab the attention of the average Toronto sports fan with with the the Honda Indy Toronto event? And we lost Jeff. Did I say I must? He must be a Toronto Rock fan. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what happened there. We lost Jeff. We'll see if we can get him back on the line. But uh, I was curious just where this ranks with the uh, the average. Uh, you know, Ontario is a is great uh, racing community. Um, but uh, you know, the the average sports fan in Toronto, uh, what what gets them to come out to that weekend? Hopefully, we'll see. We unfortunately don't have a, a way to dial Jeff back up, but hopefully, he'll call back in here. Uh, before we run out of time, but you can uh, get more information at HondaIndy.com. Uh, tickets are available uh, right on the website, along with the uh, the full schedule of events and uh, more on uh, what else is going in and around the um, in the uh, in, with the weekend. And we got Jeff back on the line. Jeff, I, I I started I I said some bad things about the Toronto Rock. I thought you hung up on me because you were a fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh- the line with Deb I appreciate having me back. I, I, I do remember the question I, I do want to answer the question sure I think it's important. We have a obviously a very diverse lineup of sporting events here in, in the city, but you know it's also some of the free festivals and where does the event rank I think our city really looks forward to having the event come around every July It's a unique to the city mm-hmm. every city has an IndyCar race happening in, in downtown so it, it's very well supported uh, but you know from a, a, a competition in terms of crowded marketplace, you look at uh, movies you look at free festivals. And uh, you look at maybe Broadway even. is just really packed, but we're so lucky to have a unique event that's much different and brings kind of aspects of sports, festivals, music, and so on. It's something to see and do for everyone.
1: Do you know offhand a, a, maybe a percentage of how many fans say come from Western New York? Would you happen to know that?
0: No, I, I don't know that specific number, but about our our total audience, about ten uh coming outside of Ontario.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're really Buffalo. I mean. We've got a lot of IndyCar races not far from us, especially when Watkins Glen was on the schedule. But of course, you guys, uh, mid Ohio's not that far of a drive. Pocono, um, uh, you know, there, we've got a lot of options. That I we have a lot of dedicated Indy, IndyCar fans here in Western New York. Uh, just judging from some of the reactions I get on social tweet uh, social media uh, when I when I talk about IndyCar. So I think um, you know we're kind of fortunate here in Buffalo to have so many events. Uh, so closely to us that we can get to, especially up there uh, in Toronto. Uh, It's definitely a a must-see event. Even if you're not a regular fan of, of IndyCar racing, just to go up there and experience firsthand is definitely just part of the excitement.
0: Uh, exactly, and in terms of our event, and if you look at who's coming to the event now, but 50% of the audience are ne- not necessarily fans of motorsports. They're coming down for another reason, which, whether it's the festival side of things or something else. And ultimately, they become fans. They see the super trucks, they see IndyCar, car, they see the NASCAR, and you know they may choose which one they want to follow. But we're introducing uh, motorsport to them through the the Honda Indy Toronto.
1: Jeff, last thing before we let you go, just uh, give us that final pitch. Where can fans uh, get for information and tickets and uh, any deals leading up to the event this weekend?
0: Yeah, tickets are available at HondaIndy.com. I encourage you to buy them in, the, in advance. We do have a combo pack uh, for the Go Transit uh, offer that I, I talked about. So if you want to check out how to get to the event via Go, you can go to HondaIndy.com and join us July 12th to 14th.
1: Jeff Atkinson, the president of the Honda Indy Toronto. Jeff, thank you so much for uh, your time this morning. Hopefully the weather, uh, I don't know what it is in Toronto Day, but it's gorgeous here in western New York today. So hopefully you get this weather next weekend. And uh, wish you the best of luck the, with the event. Thanks so much. All right, take care. Jeff Atkinson from uh, the Honda Indy Toronto, which again is next weekend up there at Exhibition Place, uh, the street course, the 33rd edition of the Honda Indy Toronto. I mean, and just, you know, you look at some of the folks that have you know won that race throughout the years. I mean, you, you go back and uh, you know to the heyday of of the of the eighties. You know, Michael Andretti won this race uh, seven times. You know, Scott Dixon uh, has won it three times. Dario Franchitti, Will Power, just uh, Paul Tracy, Little Al, uh, Newgarden has won it twice, and he leads the points coming in. Uh, just a who's who of uh, IndyCar racing uh, over the last 30 years uh, has made an impact up there at Exhibition Place with the with the IndyCar race up there around the streets of uh, Exhibition Place. So hopefully you get a chance to check it out. 803 551 888 550 550 We come back. We'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track with the local racing roundup. And uh, we can squeeze in your phone calls, too, when we come back here to wrap up Fast Track on WGR.
0: Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track.
1: And let's go all the way back to Canada Day Monday as Merrittville Speedway had a special holiday show. And Dylan Davidson, first career win in the Sportsman as he picked up the win in the Race of Champions uh, 602 Dirt Sportsman event there at Merrittville on Monday night. Uh, Great to see that young man, third-generation racer, pick up the victory. Josh Hansen in the Action Sprints. Kyle Sopaz in the Northeast uh, Late Model Alliance. And Brad Sheehan in the Hoosier Stocks there Monday night at uh, Merrittville. Fourth of July, they were in action at the Genesee Speedway in Batavia. Unfortunately, they did not get the whole show in because of rain. They did get one feature in the books completely and that was the street stocks. Adam uh, Depew got the win over Kurt Stebbins and John Zimmerman. They were 17 laps into the sportsman race until the rains came and that was a 50 lap event so they got to finish that one at a later date and then the uh, ULMS uh, super late model race uh, will be uh, made up on Saturday, August the 10th, when the uh, Superlates are back at Genesee, so it'll be a doubleheader on August the 10th uh, there at Genesee with the Superlates. Friday night action, Ranceville Speedway, Matt Williamson got his first win of the year in dominating fashion in the Modifies, who are Pete Bicknell and Eric Rudolph. Uh, Derek Wagner held off Brett Senek in the Sportsman. Pete Fancy in the Street Stocks. Dante Mancuso won the Mini Stock Race, which was part of the Ransomville-Genesee uh, Mini Stock Series. And Bubby Pollack got another win in the Novice Sportsman. Uh, Freedom Motorsports Park, they rained out on Friday with the thunderstorms that kind of rolled through Southern Erie County on uh, um, uh, Friday afternoon. So they did not get their show. And Saturday was also pretty much a washout for everybody uh, as... Um, Merrittville rained out, and State Line rained out, and uh, I think Genesee was off. So uh, every, everybody kind of had a rain out if they weren't already off for the 4th of July weekend um, last night. So uh, tonight, if you're looking for some racing action, they got a good show. Uh, tonight at the new Humberstone Speedway, they've got the uh, Bob St. Amon Senior Memorial for the Sportsman, which will be a 40-lap race Um this uh, uh, tonight at the Humberstone Speedway at 630. So if you're looking for some action uh, later on this evening, sh- should be great weather to uh, enjoy the races tonight uh, up there at Humberstone um, over in Port Colborne, Ontario. And again, coming up this week, uh, Thursday night, Lancaster, their second stock car race of the year, the Joe Riley, uh, tribute 54 Lapper for the Race of Champions Sportsman Series. I really think it's going to be a great field. Thursday night, they had, I think, like 26 cars at Spencer for the first ROC Sportsman race. You're going to see a lot of those guys uh, in action. I know, you know like, the Lewises will be coming, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Mike Leedy will have the Jeff Domingue car, hopefully. Um, but a lot of the Rochester guys that ran Spencer, the first race of the year, they'll be coming this way, but then also you got the Buffalo Lancaster based guys too, including uh, George Scora is going to have his sportsman out of here. Chuck Hosfeld is going to have his sportsman. Uh, Chuck won this race last year at Lancaster. Uh, Andy Jankowiak, Mark Pinnell, uh, you know, all the regulars uh, from the Western New York contingent as well, too. So look for a really stellar field of sportsmen Thursday night at Lancaster. Hopefully uh, around 25 to 30 sportsmen, I think, are going to be on hand just uh, as a rough estimate. Um, plus a lot of street stocks. And four cylinders and TQ midgets and the the street stocks, always a good field of cars. We had over 20 uh, for our first race a couple of weeks ago. But again, that's Thursday night at Lancaster, 7 o'clock, uh, gates open at 4.30. And again, the uh, headlining event is the 54-lapper for the Race of Champions Sportsman Series. Friday night, you've got all your local tracks, Saturday local track action as well, plus the uh, race of Champions, Modifieds, $10,000 to win Canadian, uh, Ranking Construction 100, plus the Isma Super Modifieds. Uh, and that is a great doubleheader, not only to see the Modifieds, but the Super Mods with the wings, uh, the, the fastest short track cars in North America. It was a great show last year, even with the rain delay we had. Uh, the action was very intense in the Modified race and should be more of the same, uh, especially if we get a nice weather day out of it. So uh, not far from here, about an hour and a half, hour, 45-minute ride from Buffalo Uh, to Nell's Corners, Ontario, the the old Cayuga Speedway. They're at the Jucasa Motor Speedway Saturday, Um, and that gets started at uh, 5 o'clock. Let me get you the exact time on that real quick. Um, Yeah, practice, or excuse me, time trial start at 5 o'clock for the modified there uh, this Saturday at the Jucasa Motor Speedway. So a great slate of racing this week. Hopefully you check some of it out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the race today. Uh, Again, one hundred and four is the green flag time at Daytona. That is on NBC, uh, by the way, uh, and the uh, IMSA sports car race from Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. That got moved to CNBC today, if you're looking for that. Uh, NHRA on Fox or FS1 at 1 o'clock as well, too. So if you're watching anything racing-wise, be sure to give us a tweet on social media at FastTrack550, and we'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR.
0: Fast Track with Debut Buchanan is brought to you by Genesee, the official beer of Watkins Glen International. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.